Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Moyles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. And Jas, what did we do last week? Well, last week we made our way to, well, we unveiled a temple the last thing we left off. And Jay, what are we going to do this week? I will ignore the temple. Nah, of course not. We're going in. We're going to find out the, like, what's going we'll on inside the Lincoln temple. All the way over to Lanero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also unlocked each temple and then left it to do later. <laughs> I, I don't I don't believe that. <laughs> um, so, as we left off last time, the big pyramid had just emerged from the ground. And the first yeah. thing we've got is a little boss fight. Yeah, we do. Um, they pretty much show you the final boss of the temple right away. <laughs> Although at the time, yeah, you might not right off the bat, the, like the, the, the same thing that's been plaguing like the Gerudo town has like covered the entrance practically. That's mm. right. Big kind of hive so material. Lightning charge. Mm-hmm. Or yes, uh, Queen Gebdo. Yeah, the the Queen Gibdo and the Nest really the make them. Right it I don't know seem... if it is, but that's what it is. That's what it is. We know. Like, it, 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 we know if it doesn't. But... <laughs> no, it, it does. It does reveal the name. Does. Oh. Well, I don't think anyone's playing along with the pod to quite such a granular level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe. Can't believe the ruined and the boss name of the Lightning Temple. A spoiler for later in this episode. Only three minutes in. <laughs> I don't think it even is. I'm genuinely pretty sure that when it first appears outside the Lightning Temple, it comes up. Scourge the Lightning Temple, Queen Gibdo. So I think you get that reveal anyway. But uh, I do like the yeah big nature uh... that the the Queen Gibdo's got going for it because it almost kind of does that evil villain hand clasp thing with his claws. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like Mr. Burns. Yeah, love that. <laughs> Excellent. It's, uh, it's a big a big creepy mofo as well. Hmm. There's just the... something about giant bugs that creeps me out. Yeah, know. that's what I was about to get into because... When you first see the Gibtos, they're kind of just mummies. Hmm. But the more time you spend around them, the more they're like... Like, because there's, then there's the flying one. The flying one is like, they got like the bug wings. Literally and then they come out moth Gibtos as well, yeah. Yeah. Then they come out of the, uh, the nest, which is very like bug behavior. Yep. And now they've got a big queen one. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah they're more and more insectoid as you sort of meet more and more of them. It's just the mandibles. They're like the... the so do, you think face. That maybe, do you think that means like normal gibdos are like, like, are just like husks of like normal like kind of dead bodies that are kind of being like 
Yeah, like, maybe. Controlled in some way with like by like some kind of bug creature inside it. Yeah, maybe because well, um, if we're going like mummies and pyramids, then you could also roll in some like scarabs. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. that's why they're going for sort of a bug angle with their mummies. They've definitely got the um, like if you have a look at their model, like they definitely do have a kind of like almost like signs of a little mandible coming up, but they are mostly yeah. just bones possessed by something, which yeah, which really it is. So yeah, maybe the only one that's like a living creature is the Queen Gibdo. And she's like necromancering the rest of them somehow. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. Would be my guess. Necromancing. I guess it does kind of explain why after spoiler alert, after we defeat the Queen Gibdo, um most of the other Gibdos disappear around the world. It's mm. maybe only like small pockets of them you might come into every now and then that have like fallen underground and are away from view but they're not able to be recreated quite so easily with the queen away but uh, yeah in terms of fighting the queen Gibdo um, strategy wise it's very much like fighting a normal Gibdo right you're going to want to hit her with elemental attacks or Regis lightning blast and that's how you'll do your damage to her right it's she has like a like an armor that you have to break through with right. Reju's blast, and then then yeah, you can just go in and wail on her with your your mm-hmm. master sword or whatnot. She's a bit nastier than a normal Gibdo though, because she'll yes. scuttle about and she'll fire like a laser beam as well. Oh, of course, she has a bunch of moves. She has a boss fight. But... Yeah, more on that later though, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to blow our boss fight load just yet. <laughs> Quite just yet, no. <laughs> We've already spoiled it. <laughs> give enough away. Give the name away already and part of the fight. <laughs> so yeah, let's just walk right on in to what is possibly the most traditional feeling temple in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because- I think... The others, like we've spoken about two of them already, um, one of which was probably closest to a divine beast, um, mm. and the other one, whilst it still had a, you know, more of a temple feel, it was still reasonably free form, like within the boundaries of, you know, Tears of the Kingdom's scope. Um, mm. But this one, I think maybe because it's so confined compared to the other temples in the game that yeah this one feels most like a proper throwback yeah there's like a lot of overlap oh yeah and it's like it's multiple got... floors but there's like a lot of overlap like going under underneath the ground to kind of get up the way and like find your way through mm-hmm. kind of almost like a little maze like in the beginning yeah i'm not... doing very classic puzzles with moving blocks and hmm. getting through holes battling monsters what you were saying there, Jas, about like kind of overlap between different rooms, none of that's been really new to Zelda. Like that's always been present since yeah. they, you know, actually just you know had a fairly good idea of what a dungeon should look like in a Zelda game, probably around you know Link to the Past, Link's Awakening sort of era, after the mm-hmm. the first two games were out of the way. Um, 
they've always had dungeons that kind of wrap around themselves and you can come up for the floor to get to another room to stuff like that so yeah I feel like kind of so, uh, do you basic staples of like kind of action RPG games now right it's if you don't have that then mm, yep. gonna, your game's pretty basic mm-hmm. gotta learn from the master yeah it's a staple of action RPGs from her because Zelda invented the action RPG genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I would never call them RPGs. Yeah. Action adventure. Big nebulous genre. They're, ju- they're just Zeldas. Anything that, like <laughs> when Okami or whatever comes out, you just say it's it's like a Zelda. <laughs> ah, the Zelda Kami genre. Yeah. Shut up. um so yeah so speaking about kind of an enclosed um area but the first few rooms as you walk in for the temple um not only do you get that kind of real vibe of oh this is really cramped and and dark compared to the the other temples we've spoken about but also kind of sets up a lot of what you'll be doing within the dungeon within the first couple rooms because um, I think pretty much in the first room you have to use a fan to blow away some sand I think we spoke mm-hmm. about this in a, a, one of the shrines very mm-hmm. Luigi's Mansion 3 that, but yeah we did speak about that yeah. um, and this this will come up quite a lot throughout the dungeon Like, so the first room you have to use a fan and it'll reveal a, reveal, um, a switch underneath this, the sand which Speaking about this being the most throwback dungeon, that's that's I'm sure I've done that in like like Wind Waker or something like that. Like that's classic <laughs> Zelda. Yeah. Um, and there's also there's a big central room where you can like see each of the floors. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think this is probably why, in the grand scope of all the temples in the game this was my favorite temple as a whole because i think just the idea of having that central room Mm. really helped ground the layout of the dungeon and and even though you were you maybe going flying all the way up to the seventh floor or whatever it was it really did feel a lot simpler to follow than for example, the the fire temple, which, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, I wasn't, I wasn't huge on, um, or or even even the wind temple, you are going all around the place, and yes, you've got the kind of top deck as a kind of a central area of sorts, but it still isn't as I felt well structured as a lightning temple. Yeah, it's kind of because it's floor by floor, it's easier to keep track of what you have done and what you haven't done than either of those two examples. Like, the Wind Temple, it was a bit, like, I'm going down here and then left and then back up and then right. So I'm kind of forgetting where I've been and where I haven't been yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Fire Temple, obviously, everyone had that experience to a certain extent. Whereas in this one, I did feel like, okay, I've cleared that floor and I can, really, I can tick it off and start doing the next floor in a big way. Um, I so I actually don't quite remember what the sort of get five things and open this gate 
mechanic was of this one. I I remember shooting beams of light at something. Well, let me guide you through the dungeon. So um, I mentioned the first room with the, the fan and the sand. Um, there's a few kind of combat rooms you have to go through initially. Um, mm. And I'm pretty sure there's even a hive kind of earlier on in the dungeon that you have to destroy with um, Regis' help. And there's lots of okay. gibdos and things like that for you to beat up as well. So the first few rooms as you kind of get in through the dungeon are almost a little kind of mini combat gauntlet of sorts, if you can call it that. Um, but eventually, and this is another reason I think I'm quite... Um, I, I do think this dungeon's the best in the game in my eyes, is that you get to an actual named room within the dungeon, which is something that this dungeon this dungeon does that I don't think is present in the others. As you enter the room of hopeful light, <laughs> where, uh, which um, kind of moves us on to, I would say, the core mechanic of this dungeon, where you'll get a mirror that's kind of buried under the sand, and you'll, as you mentioned, look, use that to shine some light at kind of a, a kind of receiving pad of sorts um which eventually as you kind of hold the light against it it kind of eventually turns green which will open your path and this is something you'll be doing a lot throughout the lightning temple which uh yeah. was fine i didn't mind it as a kind of core mechanic and it kind of reminded me a lot again just going back to this idea of this being my favorite temple this felt again more like a dungeon that you would you're using one idea throughout it which is something the older zelda mm. games obviously relied on somebody over relied on perhaps as the, as the series went on but this could have very easily been this is the the uh, mirror shield dungeon you know yeah um and the difference which, to which the other ones it um it didn't so much involve reduce power in solving that puzzle not as directly yeah. as the other three do yeah, I think there maybe are some points later on, but maybe because Regis power is it's more, more combat-based, right? Combat-focused, yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's more about once you get to the boss or when you're fighting the enemies is when you're needing to use her power. That's it. In fact, um, I kind of remember like there were several floors where like she couldn't even follow me. Yeah, that's it, because you're you're flying up with the paraglider, for example, and you can't uh, she can't reach you. But uh, yeah. After the uh, the room of hopeful light, the main room that we we're kind of referring to, the room of ascension, which mm -hmm. is very apropos because this is basically each of the kind of MacGuffins in this dungeon are on a different floor, and you will be rising, rising ever higher throughout the temple. Um, and the MacGuffins in this dungeon, um, very appropriately for a lightning temple and a lightning power, are batteries that you have to charge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, like, you're def- I think you have to charge some of the bulls which oh, um, like the light sources, right? You have to charge the battery for them. Mm. So you're using her power a bit. I think you may be right. I mean, as we go through the dungeon... I thought it was only for the main switches myself, but I could be. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Wrong. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong as You're well. You're probably like, this right. Is my That's first what I remember. So, like, so long ago, it's not exactly fresh in my memory. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was also my second, so... And yeah, mm. I never did end up doing a extra playthrough for it, like I talked about at the start. <laughs> it's a big game. Nobody blames you for that. <laughs> um... So yeah, um, once you've kind of charged up the first um, the first battery, which is pretty much straight ahead of you once you get to the main room, there's a few blocks you move and you'll find the... Um, I think you actually have to move like a hidden... It's like almost like a hidden wall, but if you turn yeah, on all the hands, you'll see that you can yeah. move the blocks. Which I think this one actually might have been my last... <laughs> the batteries to get just because <laughs> I, I hadn't turned an ultra hand when I was on the ground floor. Um it's like late for Kept thinking, do I have to like go up and around or under? How do I get to this? And yeah, it clicked eventually. It's like that's like so easy to miss, right? Like when you're trying to like it's clearly they're like, oh use ultra hand like to reveal the blocks, but like you so you're still like playing a Zelda game, you're just like you know, looking around the world and, and the room and the, t- the dungeon that you're in, like for like the, like the visual, normal like visual clues to like what the puzzle is. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it doesn't like come out. Makes you feel yeah. to like use an ability to like see where your progress is. So I think I'd imagine yeah, I've done that. Yeah, like, would have missed the missed this like switch early on as well. Hmm. Especially if this was your first temple and you're maybe not. Mm-hmm. You're kind of almost. With like, Ultra Hand. like when I got there, you've kind of. I was kind of more like focused on like the big spiral staircase and like working my way. like Going up, yeah. Still got you there, Jazz? Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounded like you've cut out there. Note to future Luke, cut that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, speaking of going up, like, there's quite an easy way to ascend. There's a, a big sort of updraft, uh, a wind geyser, but there's a rock covering it, so, yeah, Ultra Hand, use that, and you'll be able to. Um, go up the Room of Ascension um, and if you go to the third floor um, which is where ZeldaDungeon.net is guiding us to next, that's a way of kind of going through this, um, you'll enter the Room of Natural Light um, so in this one I'm pretty sure there's a beam of light um, c- kind of coming through yeah, it's an opening you can open up. You move the boulder and then... That's it. Yeah, and, and it's uh, a natural light. Like, yes, and you have to kind of shoot that back into we the our listeners never get. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Scotland, mate. It gets dark at half three here. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you shine that back into the main room and then you can use that light to then hit a statue and refract and you'll be able to open another door which is um the room of offered light which is (laughs) i guess we offered the light and therefore we enter the room 
and this is kind of a combat room um as there's a gibdu hive and soldier constructs and it's all going on here i can't remember though if the gibdos fight the soldier constructs and i know i'm asking you guys and you two did this <laughs> quite early on in your journey but can you remember um i don't remember but i i like I have absolutely no memory of seeing the Gibdos fight anything in that way. Mm-hmm. So I want to say no. I don't no. really remember. I don't remember like seeing the Gibdos and the constructs together like at all. So, like I yeah. think I do. Like they were definitely in the same room in that way. But like, yeah, mm. I don't think because the, also the Gibdo move in that very slow lumbering way and everything. I, d- I have no memory of seeing them like getting into a ruckus with something else. Mm. Well, I suppose that's a a call out to to the listeners then. If anyone knows if the Gibdos do end up having a scrap with soldier constructs in the it room might... of Offered Light, let us know. It might be a case that they can, but like you have to kind of go out of your way to lure them close to each other. Because I yeah I, I don't remember been... I don't remember it just happening, you know. If I ever do end up replaying this, maybe if they'd release a master mode as DLC or something, then I will probably try and go out my way to get them to scrap. Now that I've mentioned this. <laughs> I'll report back in five years' time. But we're talking about Skyward Sword or something. So yes, in the room of Offered Light, um, this is, I don't know if you remember this puzzle, there's a couple of hoverstones where you have to basically have a mirror attached to one of the hover stones and you can then position that to shine some light onto a panel that's quite high up in the room um i'm pretty sure i ended up cheesing this somehow i don't remember doing this the legitimate way if you can call it that um don't ask me how i did it but i don't remember using hover stones in this way at all yeah i also i mean i had only just figured out what hover stones were Mm-hmm. Before I came into this room, yeah, I think I did use hoverstones for this mirror, yeah. Um, but also, it was extremely fiddly mm, for someone who was fairly still like a candle and like light, like a uh, torches that you could use to kind of. Pretty sure that's exactly what I did. Now you mentioned that, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said that, that's, that was like <clears throat> memory unlocked. I could picture myself in the room of offered light <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Obviously, like we mentioned in a previous episode as well, like I was the same as Luke, like with the hoverstones, like just no clue how to use them, and then it didn't really kind of click until this dungeon, really. But even on that puzzle, I was just like, nah, I'll I'll leave those things like there. Don't know how they work. (laughs) I'm not messing with them. Another solution. Yeah. It was on the way to this dungeon that I first learned. The, how the hoverstones worked, because there was one of the the towers you had to yeah. use them. It was basically impossible to do it without using them. So that was it was fairly fresh in my memory when I got to the dungeon, but still extremely fiddly. I feel like if I went if I was doing this puzzle right this second, I would have absolutely no bother. Now that yeah, I, I, I kind of understand Ultra Hand and everything so much better. So, after lighting up another battery, which is our third, I believe, or second, 
Uh, I think I suspect our second, yes. Um, next up, um, kind of on the second floor, um, you can use some lights and some statues as, as a core puzzle to open another room. Um, and after you do some more light shenanigans and refract and reflect, um, you, you can kind of climb up to the top of a wall within the, one of the rooms you open. And there's like a mini... Like Mission Impossible bit about flames yeah. instead of lasers. Flames yeah. instead of yeah. <laughs> yep. I do like they repeat that trick a couple of times in this game, but I always love it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, I think, so think there's like a really good one, like on a sky island, like somewhere as well. Where it's like a, 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 a yes, a I know exactly the one you're talking about. Like section. Like, oh, that's a game. This mm-hmm. is, this I know exactly, but but uh, yes, once you um, once you make your way down the the flame shaft, <laughs> you'll me. be able to open a gate. Rachel will be able to be able to join you, and you'll get your third battery. Um, I've eaten some battery meals that've given me a flame shaft before. <laughs> So next up on the fourth floor, um, there's a part where you have to use recall to advance. Where there's two like two fans that are rotating, but they're out of sync, so there's no way to kind of pass underneath them. So you have to yeah you recall one until they line up, then let it go again. Spot on, spot on, and uh, you're then able to pass through um i don't think it's even pass through if i remember rightly you want to get light shining on f- like through the through the gap in uh, between gap. them yeah that's it uh some boulders you have to kind of um take out the wall to get the light shining through there's also another little bit where um we had mission impossible like almost like a like a Star Wars bit where like there's spikes coming like in from either side of the walls and you have to like put a boulder in front of you to just kind of stop the spike wall jamming together and crushing Link. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the trash compactor of course from, from Star Wars and uh, same again but with a vertical like descending wall where you have to use a boulder to kind of prop the wall from descending Link to an early grave and yeah uh, yeah uh once you do that there's another part here where i think there's like a kind of big like rotating room almost Hmm. and what you have to do is you have to put like a stake into like one of the grooves on the wall in this big rotating room um at the a certain point when it's, everything's aligned and you'll be able to see a green panel. Um, I remember that room taking me a bit of mm-hmm. a bit of time. Um, at the room itself, sorry, I didn't even do this announcement. It's the um, the room of light and shade. Which, <laughs> there you go. They're all that to a certain extent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much, right? Pretty much. Um, and yeah, once you once you light up that panel. 
it's uh, mission accomplished. Your fourth and I believe your final battery. It's uh, there's not five MacGuffins here. It's only four. Hmm. So it's uh, it feels like a quicker dungeon as well. I think just because mm-hmm. everything's kind of layered on top of each other. Um, yeah, because I suppose it's all about, like the the central room mainly, and like you're kind of you work your way up like a spiral almost, and then go off into each kind of side room to solve each kind of puzzle, and then it's just that's it. Send you back to like the center of the room, basically. I think maybe surface area wise, it's definitely smaller than the others in the game. Mm. Um, maybe maybe it isn't as densely packed either. Like it maybe if you know what you're doing with the puzzles it probably would be the quickest temple to play through Mm -hmm. but again depending on when you've done this you might have taken a bit of time and to be fair i think from a puzzle standpoint there are some it's probably one of the more trickier temples in, in the game out of the four that are there um i do remember some of the light puzzles giving me a little bit of bother it's i think the two so across the game, there's like two indoor puzzles and two outdoor puzzles. Other puzzles, um, temples. Mm-hmm. And Are you classing the, two... the fire temple as an indoor one? Yeah. Okay. And those two indoor ones definitely felt more involved for some reason than the two outdoor ones. And maybe that's just entirely down to sort of an impression thing because you're, you know, locked inside a building the whole time. But the the other two, with the the amount of sort of jumping outside, gliding around, just having some sunlight, felt more light and breezy, even if the, maybe there wasn't that much difference in the amount of work you had to do. I think a good way to put that would be, I think the two indoor ones were more puzzle-focused, not to say there aren't puzzles present in the two outdoor ones, um, but the other two are more traversal focused. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, traversal is the, the word, yeah. As to how do I get to that? Well, I, I mean, room. it's also because of the fact that they, this one and the fire temple are locked inside a building, that sort of Breath of the Wild, the there's 10 different ways to solve every problem doesn't mm-hmm. apply as much. Hmm. Like, we talked about on some of those, one of us, like, I used the Hoverstone and you guys used a balloon. Little things like that. But, like, in the in the Wind Temple, you so you might jump and fly all around on the outside and bust through a wall or whatever. Whereas when you're locked inside a pyramid, there's not so many options for doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you are going through really... it in a more traditional dungeon-y way. Mm-hmm. And because certain rooms are totally walled off, until you do the light puzzle, for example, mm. there is only one way to solve it. Unlike, <laughs> I'm thinking some of the fire temple rooms, I was able to cheese my way into a place without actually solving the puzzle, just because mm. you're still able to kind of climb up and about, and certainly the other dungeons as well, to a degree. So I was going to say, though, like um, there was one moment that I had in the lightning temple where I could just, like, I couldn't figure out actually how to get up to, like, the, the higher floor. Like, I could clearly see, like, like switches or like kind of towers to move about. Like it's one mm. of like the 
mirror like light puzzles and like I pretty much used a sand to kind of get up like through the side kind of statue areas inside the temple and like getting higher up and even at one point I went up way too high and ended up inside the boss room oh and I was like oh I don't think I should be in here and I was like so afraid now like when you come out of a sand like it's either like B to go back down or A to exit I was like I don't want to exit here because we can go back down and like skip the dungeon or something like that so I just went back down <laughs> I would have totally gone Actually. back down, saved, and then tried it again to see if it did work and went <laughs> again. I think a lot of people do talk about like they just skipped into boss dungeons, but I, I don't know whether they, when they say that, they mean it actually worked or not. Mm-hmm. I'm quite interested assumed. to track down our. Like our... Like I'd imagine it wouldn't activate because, like, you've not. Like you have to have redo with it. Like you've not solved the puzzle, so you shouldn't be there, type of thing. I don't know. In Breath of the Wild, like and Tears of the Kingdom, they do let you get away with some bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to be. I know there's a, usually a speedrun category, like all main bosses. That, like mm. I, I know there that existed in Breath of the Wild. I expect it will exist in Tears of the Kingdom as well. So I'll be curious to maybe check one of those speedruns out. Because yeah. I'd imagine, like once you're in the temple, anything goes as long as you beat the boss for actual rules of that speed run. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd imagine there's some mad skips that they pull, like to ascend to the boss room, perhaps. I've seen skips, like but I don't, so. I don't think I've ever watched like an all all bosses, like you know, or, or like a hundred percent speed run, as they would call it. Mm. Uh, no, that's that's a that's a real thing that some mad people do. Like yeah. thirty hour long speed runs. Oh yeah, you can even call it that at that point. Like, they're, like they're, they call it like yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, it's a marathon at that point. Right? It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they clearly just try to do it quick, but like it's not your it's not your typical like souls speed runs or like an hour or, or even less. a marathon. You have to run at a certain speed, you know. Hmm? Also, oh. put it in the jar, Jess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Like you're talking point. about speedruns. Like, what are you going to go to? Like, that's the like one of the, like the main games that kind of got me into watching speedruns. So, as well as my I'd like to um, call, I want to call you out there, Luke, for trying to encroach on Jas's Sage George's advice with your marathon <laughs> statement there. <laughs> what did he say? I missed it. He said, "Even a marathon, you have to run at a certain speed." <laughs> Is it time to make our way to all the buses? Uh, indeed, um, or rather, just the one, one the boss, buses. actually. <laughs> just the one boss, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it's time for our rematch after. She scuttled away before with Queen Gibdo. Mm. As we go to uh, kind of the top of the temple. You're not like on, on the roof or anything. <laughs> Which I kind of... Because it is a... It is a... It's not like a tiny little top of a pyramid, right? Like It, it does have mm. kind of a... I like was a wondering... Plateau, I was yeah. like, oh, am I going to like a big rooftop battle? That'd be awesome. Like There's always something appealing about a rooftop battle. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Uh, yeah, but also, Chinese. could you imagine the frustration if you got knocked off? That would be the problem, yeah. And I don't think... <laughs> um, I guess I mean, they, could I suppose... have, they could have just surrounded it with updrafts. Yeah, updrafts, or maybe like had lots of like Gibdo hive material kind of go around the edges of the arena. There's ways around it, right? Like, I know they do that in some of the... Um, the Koga fights that we've spoken about, like he'll create like lightning <coughs> barriers around the arena yeah, that you're fighting like them in, right? So, yeah. so they're not averse to doing that in Tears of the Kingdom. But uh, yes, this fight is in still the top of the temple, but you're still underground, um, and you square off against Queen Gibdol. This time for real. So, in terms of visuals and music and spectacle, this is far from my favourite boss. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a fight, this might be my favourite. Because, yeah, it's, yes. it's, I, there is more of a fight to it, I think, than the other bosses. I I agree with that. I agree with that, yeah. I was, I was thinking through the, the, the four bosses there and... Uh... Yeah, I think I think Colgera is definitely the most bombastic and more of a spectacle, like you said. Well, especially um, as me and you both had that as our first one, mm, and like, mm-hmm. what a what a difference after Breath of the Wild, you know? And the music, oh, the music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, Goma's not much to shout about, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, more of a fight this time. So. And you also have to deal with um, Gibdos. There's a bunch Gibdos. of other Gibdos, yeah, yeah. No, none of the other bosses really have um, smaller Ads. enemies, do they? Yeah, adds. That's the word I was looking for, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they don't. Um, so, yeah, there's kind of like each corner of the room, there'll be the four hives kicking about. And I think you can destroy them. But I'm pretty sure. It's kind of like all I think they like eventually kind of respond. Phases to this fight as well. Yeah. It's not just like ads in the boss. Like, like yeah, she's bits where she flies and bits where she runs around and different attacks yeah. she does, recharges her armor. Yeah. <laughs> she'll usually um, she'll usually try and keep to the shadows as well, because um, there are spots of lights and. Cool thing is, if the Gibdos go into the light, they will become vulnerable to regular attacks. Right, yeah, the oh, light yeah, that, counts as a. Yeah, that's the what same as using like, a elemental attack. Doesn't it? Like, you destroy the nest, like in the boss. Yes. Turns into, like, shafts of light. Yeah, that's it's it. like the nests are connected to the ceiling or something, so they let the light in. So you can kind of create, like, a safe zone almost for yourself. Not a safe zone as such, because the Gibdos can still ramble in, but. An, an area where you can fight effectively without needing to use elemental weapons or Riju. Mm. Um, but yeah, so she's her main method of attacking is she'll um, try and blast you with lasers, but she'll also um, kind of, and this is probably our more annoying move, is um, kind of slam the ground and these like sand tor- tornadoes will come spiralling out. Mm-hmm. And they'll kind of fly around her and it could be quite awkward to dodge. I definitely remember getting hit by that move quite a few, a few times. Yeah, I think that happens like when you weaken her, right? It's like you can't, like, you, you, 
you do like hit her with like blast of the lightning and then you're like thinking to yourself oh I'll just run in here but she throws out the big tornado defensive move and you need to kind of run around it and mm. continue your assault that's it yeah so it's uh it's quite good because it's not just oh hit her with lightning and she's a pushover she does have a few tricks up her sleeves um one of which is i think when you get her to half health the four hives dotted about the room um i think they become invincible at this point um no they don't that's that's, that's you made that up true <laughs> I've, made, I've made that up <laughs> you're lying uh, I'm, I'm telling lies um yeah but i think rather than i think in the first phase this yeah this is right in the first phase only maybe one or two of them will be active and spawning gibdos at a time whereas in the second half of the fight they're all active so they're constantly churning out gibdos so Mm. um you can either you can either ignore them and just try and rush and kill her but you run the risk of getting maybe overwhelmed by the ads or you're gonna have to have more you know, a slower methodical battle as you take out the the spawners and 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 whilst you're dodging uh, the queen gibdo so yeah i think it's uh, there's a bit of strategy involved in this fight and i like it it's not just one clear this is what i'm gonna have to do to win like colgera or uh goma so i am a fan yeah I mean, I would still beat it first time. Like, <laughs> I talk about this as the one that had the most, like, oh, this is this is a tough fight, this was the biggest fight. It's still, <laughs> you know, not actually. Yeah. That tough. The, uh, yeah, when, when Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild kill you, it's not in, like, the big set pieces, it's just when you get yourself killed in some dumb way in the overworld. <laughs> Fall off a mountain or something. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, you just you pick a fight with an enemy and forget that you're like, oh, I'm, I've got like three hearts, I didn't have any food on me. Yeah, you're climbing up a mountain and you get to the top and then you get to land spawn and it's one of the sword guys that have got the wind. <laughs> or a construct. Or you just fan. get cocky. <laughs> But uh, when we defeat Queen Gibdo at long last and the scourge of the Lightning Temple is no more, um, after we defeat that, uh, there's a a stone. Note to future Luke, insert bit from previous episode where we talked about this (laughs) cutscene. Yes, it's it's that cutscene again. See, what I've just done there very cleverly is if I forget to edit out the previous times where we told me to edit something, now it looks deliberate. Because it's ah. building up to that joke. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> um, so yes, you, you'll, you'll see the Gerudo ancestor, who we kind of theorise is probably going to be called Naboris, I guess, going yeah. by the name of the Divine Beast. Um, and... Lo and behold, we'll find out about the sages battling Ganondorf long, long ago and all that jazz. Um, but the the key thing here is, of course, Riju. Shock and horror awakens 
to the power of the sages and becomes the sage of lightning and we get a, a Riju ghost who can follow us um, for the journey. One of my students made an astute observation. Oh, Riju's, you know, every um, every time you unlock a new sage, they get added to your glove like an infinity stone. Yes. Hers is on the uh, finger you would put an engagement ring. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't think Zelda be chuffed for that. Yeah, because well, this was all part of one big conversation about um, Sidon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the mess of trick not having potentially Sidon's gem go in that finger. <laughs> Mister Trick or deliberately cowered it out. Hmm. But uh, yes, as after Riju awakens to the power of the sages, um, the big nasty sand shroud that was blocking the route between Karakara Bazaar and Garuda Town, that dissipates, that's no more. Um, but that big ugly kind of scar in the landscape, that's still there. I don't think that kind of seals up again. I'm pretty sure that's a permanent part of the landscape now, right? Yeah, because I think there's stuff down there you can find, so. Yeah. And uh, much like before... We still don't have any idea about what Zelda, uh, wh- where Zelda is or what's going on, but Riju says she'll join our investigation <coughs> and help out. And that is yet another of our Dungeons Under Wraps. Yes, indeed it is. With in fact only one more to go. Ooh. Of what we've been told there is. You know how Zelda works. You know there's more. <laughs> I mean, Breath of the Wild didn't, though. Unless you count Hyrule Castle. Yeah, but like you knew that from the start. You could do that from the start in Breath of the Wild. You could do that from the start, that's true. Yes, yes, you very much could. What happens in Tears of the Kingdom if you go down to beneath Hyrule Castle from the start? More than that later. Okay, okay. Good <laughs> <Not> stuff. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um. So yes. Um. Now that we've freed the the Gerudo Desert from the big nasty sand shroud, um, I think next time we'll be taking part of our obligatory wrap up of the region and going through the many many things that we can get up to in and around Gerudo Town and Gerudo Desert. So you need to make sure and join us for that. But yep. uh, don't worry, listeners. If this one felt like a speed run, next week will feel like a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's still still a, a, a fairly chunky cast. And if they yep. want more fairly chunky casts, look where can they be found? Well, you can find the fairly chunky boys to fairly chunky cast. <laughs> this one is on Twitter at Hyrule Field Pod. You can also find us on GameTube. What the fuck am Game I talking Tube? about? <laughs> I want to know more about GameTube. Tell me about GameTube. I was, my brain was jumping ahead to the bit where I plugged Game Game Show. <laughs> We're also on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe. Tell your Zelda-loving friends. And then, yeah, if you want even more content from your boys, head on over to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. 
and there you can find links to other shows like Game Game Show or Luke Loves Pokemon or some film ones and all of that jazz. Jazz with Jazz. And uh, speaking of jazz, I'm I'm jonesing for some sage wisdom <laughs> advice from your boy. Yeah. Uh, why did the marathon runner end up in jail? For resisting <laughs> arrest. <laughs> Quite like this new comedy arc that Sage Jazz is going on. <laughs> this is promising. Do you remember well, um, the old Craig Charles narrated Takeshi's Castle? Of course I do, yes. He used to end every episode with, like, as my old dad used to say. Yes. And then sometimes yeah. it would just be something like, here's a tenor, don't tell your mum. <laughs> <laughs> They were so good. They did um they did another series of that off the twenty twenty actually this year the reboot right. that came out. Roma Shraganathan um, and uh, another comedian, I think Tom Davis. It was uh it was alright actually. It didn't have the same charm as the Craig Charles ones, but I enjoyed the, it. Like the thing is you couldn't have the same charm as the Craig Charles one because it was a little bit racist what they were getting up to because they were yeah. just—they were very much just pointing at laughing at like look at this weird shit the Japanese made. Yeah, that's a point. But we say bye then. Fun. <laughs> bye. Yeah. See ya. I'm sure our listeners like some Takeshi Castle chat. Yeah. There'll be bonuses.